This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. You might call serving the soap that Jesus uses in the wash. Part of Jesus' cleansing or sanctification process is changing your heart, changing your perspective, your attitude. That's what He wants to do. And so, in order to do that, guess what He does? It's not a lecture. He takes you through things. He brings you through things, through experiences. And so... Some of the experiences that we volunteer for or serve, we say, I am your servant, Lord, what do you want me to do? And we do those things. They are very important for us that we do them because serving is indispensable or we don't grow, we don't learn. Do you remember the first time you did your own laundry? Did it take you a while to master the soap to clothes ratio? Now, what if you didn't use soap at all? Pastor Troy illustrates that the sanctification that God washes us with daily is like the soap in a wash. You can't be fully cleaned until you add the cleaning agent, right? God spends his days daily walking with us to adjust our hearts, our mindsets, and ultimately our goals in life that align with the kingdom of heaven. Today, take a moment and assess your cleanliness in Christ. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 13 as he continues his message, Letting Jesus Wash Us. He's going to begin a work on you that is going to be a constant cleansing. There's going to be a constant cleansing. You don't need the bath all over again. You just need your feet washed. And see, what happens to your feet is important because it affects the way you walk. If your feet are drying and cracking and all of that, it's hard to walk. Stuff's between your toes and you're walking awkward. It, it, it hinders you. And so cleansing the feet for the sake of our walk is very important. You get saved once. There's a continual cleansing. And that's why Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Refusing to let him wash you separates us from him. Even after salvation, we can still find ourselves distant from him because he wants to cleanse. He wants to change. He wants to clean. And we say, I don't want that. And there can be some distance driven between us and him. So how do we let this continually cleansing happen, this continual cleansing? 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is not so much for the first time born again by in. This is also for the believer who has let sin or walking in the world. You got to go and we got to maintain this relationship by going to Him and confessing. Now, this confession here is not just, Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. And the obvious things, like I know I cut that guy off and, and he came by me and I gave him a mean look. I, I Forgive me for that, Lord. And I yelled at my kids, I'm sorry for that. Um, cleanse me, renew me, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not what it means. It means to spend some time with the Lord. Let him search you and bring up what he says is wrong with you. The obvious things will come up. You know about those, but there are other things. I don't mean to break the news. 
there are other things in you that God doesn't want there. Some of them you like, and he doesn't. Some of them you don't know they're there, but he does, and he wants them out. You don't know, but that five-minute little prayer, throwing it up at him before you go off to work is not enough to really get to that. So we need to come before him and ask that he search us, cleanse us, Bring things up. And confession takes place when as things come up, we don't argue or reason, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Other people do it. It's not wrong in the world. I didn't see that in the scripture, Lord. It doesn't matter. If he brings it up, he didn't like it. It's sin for you. So we have to name them, not publicly. You don't have to write it out and put it in our offering box. We don't want it. It'd be too much work for us. We'd have to hire multiple staff and everything else just to read all the sins. But what you do need to do is to take it to the Lord. You don't have to go through a person. You take it to the Lord, but name it. And this is the only time I would say, you name and claim it. Don't go name and claim in cash and cars and women and men and all this stuff. But this is something you name and claim here. When he brings it up, you go, Lord, you have called this out. And I want to confess it for what it is. It's sin. It may not be sin for anyone else. I don't even want to reason that. You put your finger on it. And for whatever reason, it is sin for me. Because it comes between me and you now. Doesn't it come between you and him if he says, I don't want that, and you say, I do? That comes between you and him. And that's sin. So, the cleansing process. David gave us a great model for approaching the Lord. Psalm 119, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, Lord, search me. Bring things up. And help me to see the way you do. Not just the world out there, but what's going on in here. It takes a little time. It's a cleansing process. Husbands, as if that weren't enough. I've talked to every human, every individual personally. Husbands, if you're married, ours goes a little further than that. We have responsibility beyond that. Even though the little woman may be great on her own, even though she may seem to be leading spiritually in the home, God has given you a role. And husbands, don't fail your home like Adam did. Your responsibility then is to wash some more feet. I'm not talking literally washing feet, but I'm talking bringing out the water, washing your family. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 28. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now, this does not mean go grab the little lady, sit her down for your Bible study. This means you study the scriptures and you set an example by setting the water out and you wash the feet by this. I'm sorry. I failed here. I misspoke here. I shouldn't have got on to you here. The word of God teaches this. See, this is modeling, not lecturing, right? Isn't that what Jesus did? He served. So we model it. And we share. And it doesn't make us worse. It makes us more insightful. So that she's already there going, I already saw all these. She's doing that. So it's not like new discovery. But what will just please her is to know you acknowledge it on your own. It's the Lord. 
The Lord is in this place. And it will also open up conversation and a time in the word that will be much more fruitful and sanctifying. So we need to understand, all of us, that cleansing is something we need. So Jesus tells Peter, you are already clean, but not all of you, because he knew who would betray him. You see, Jesus knew who just needed the foot cleaning and who needed the full cleaning. He knew the difference. The disciples had no idea. I mean, Judas was in a very trusted position. He held the money. He was the money guy. Now, I don't know how that happened, whether Judas raised his hand in the beginning, hey, we need a treasure. Oh, I'll do it, knowing what he wanted to do. And, but regardless, everyone else had to be okay with it. Or if they said, you know what, Judas, you are great with money. Matthew was a tax collector. We're not giving him the money. So Judas, you take it. We don't know how, but we knew know that he had a place of trust in the group. And the disciples had no idea what was going on in his heart. Jesus did. See, all of this gives us a clear picture of what happens in the heart. You're born again. You're made brand new. You're cleansed. But then there's a sanctification process where the Lord is cleansing you. And trust me, if you're not going through some of that cleansing process, you don't know the Lord. Uh, You may know about him, but you're not walking with him because there's no relationship I've ever, ever, ever heard of where the Lord isn't involved in actively cleansing that person's life, not just the people around them. Uh, There's no thing that the Lord bakes that doesn't include the ingredient of humility for the person. So, keys to letting Jesus wash you. Humility to receive understanding that you need it, not others around you. Just, Just take a moment here. Remember the study? It's not for everyone around you. It's for you. But there's, there's also one more, verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, Well, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Last thing, if you want to let the Lord wash you, you need to understand that serving is indispensable. It's non-negotiable. When we put together the Gospels, the four Gospels, when we put them together and read this event, we read that they have been discussing amongst themselves who would be the greatest in the kingdom. When Jesus establishes, hey man, something big is happening, I'm going to be, no, you're, no I'm going to be the greatest. Maybe some were like, no, no, you know what, maybe Peter, maybe Peter, he's always, he's a spokesman, he's a spokesman. And so they're discussing, arguing, disputing amongst themselves who would be the greatest. A couple of days before this, James and John actually got their own mom to go and ask for the high seats, the important places. Mom, go on, go, you go. He listens to women. Can my sons have the greatest places? Uh, But Jesus didn't listen to the woman. He said, they they can't have those. Those are already determined. They don't even know what they're asking. And same thing here. These guys are wanting something important, important positions. I'm the greatest. And Jesus, knowing that they're increasing the jockeying for position, Jesus picks up a towel, some water. He goes, you want to see the path to greatness? And he shows them that the path up is actually to stoop down. 
and to serve others. Oh, and not just the nameless, general, homeless population, not just the general population out there. No, no, no. This is a more difficult type of serving. Serving each other. There's so much more to learn from today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock, so be sure to stay tuned for the next part of Pastor Troy's message. Building on the Solid Rock is the radio teaching ministry of Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel Solid Rock in San Antonio, Texas. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our weekly services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. for a time of worship and learning from the Word of God. You can also come by on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for our in-depth Bible study. Learn more about the church and find directions at our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We hope to see you there. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. This can be a lot more challenging. Serve my wife, my husband, serve them. I don't know, I'm a guy. God gave me the, the man role. No, 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 but he did. But how is love supposed to look in that relationship, man? You see, it's hard to serve those you know. There's just a sense of pride in us that doesn't want us to be taken advantage of by them. By others, yeah. Oh, that guy's he always comes every week. No problem. The Lord will the Lord will judge in the end. No problem. But when my own peers, my own people are there, he's taking advantage. It's not the same. I remember, um, I didn't hit anyone. But I remember when I got out of the military, I told them, I was excited. I'm getting out to serve the Lord. They thought I was crazy for getting out. I just got promoted and all these things. I'm, I'm getting out to serve the Lord. I'm talking about this lofty thing. I mean, this... This is small stuff, man. I'm going to serve the Lord. So I'm building it up. And God's calling. This is awesome. So I do. I get involved. I'm serving the Lord at a church up on the northeast side. And there's this lady that came to our church. And she had a sandwich shop. So she had an employee quit. It was just her and the employee. So she did a lot of the finance stuff. And he did the sandwich making and stuff. So in my mind, I had visions of Subway. I see those guys, man. They're just kind of sitting around. You, you want some lettuce? Yeah, you want some a little more? Okay, I mean, easy. So, okay, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll do it. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to go serve the Lord. I'll help you. In my mind, you know, I'm taking a, a job for a week. But in my mind, I'm thinking at the end, I'm, I'm not going to take a pay. I'm just going to bless her socks off. So I go down to the sandwich shop. And, man, the, the titles of the sandwiches, just call it ham and cheese with Lettuce, you know, don't call it bogogi a la the stars, you know. There's this menu of names, minus these and minus this and that. I'm like, well, it was a very popular sandwich shop. Tons of people came. It was fast and free. There was no, I was giving extra onions to those who didn't want onions. I just heard onion. Take the onion. Just do what you want with it. I'm working fast back there. You got to microwave some. You got to cook the bacon before on this one, but not before on this one. And there's just so much. You could tell I was new and she's trying to fix things. So she's doing this and my job, really. And I'm, I'm flying sweat. Well, around the 12 o'clock hour, when it picked up, Guess who decided to come to this sandwich shop? All the people I had left in the military. My whole office. And they're walking in, Mr., I'm going to go serve the Lord. Oh, you're working at a sandwich shop. And I didn't have time to, I I wanted to explain. 
I wanted to go, you know, I'm serving the Lord, and, and by serving the Lord, I, know, I wanted to say all that, but all I could hear was bogogi knowing, and you know, I'm like, <laughs> doing stuff, like, hey, hey, guys. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I thought you were going to serve. I got the jabs, everything, and I couldn't defend myself. And I, I still haven't been able to, I, I, I'm trying to chase them down even now. No, no. <laughs> but I learned that the Lord wants humble servants, and the Lord humbles his servants. We're taught, what does the Lord require of you? What does he appreciate? One of the things is to walk humbly with our God. That we love justice, equity, but mercy also and humility. So, serving is indispensable. It teaches us more than a mere lecture ever could. But not just serving the general public, serving those that we know. God calls us to serve each other instead of expect from each other. I fear that we live expecting from each other instead of serving each other, but that's the wrong way. You might call serving the soap that Jesus uses in the wash. Part of Jesus's cleansing or sanctification process is changing your heart, changing your perspective, your attitude. That's what he wants to do. And so in order to do that, guess what he does? It's not a lecture. He takes you through things. He brings you through things, through experiences. And so some of the experiences that we volunteer for or serve, we say, I am your servant, Lord, what do you want me to do? And we do those things. They are very important for us that we do them because serving is indispensable or we don't grow, we don't learn. See, it's when we serve the Lord that we find ourselves outside of our comfort zone. It's when we serve the Lord that we find ourselves around challenges that change us. We are involved in commitments that keep us. Oh, there's that going. I already, I already decided I was going to serve the Lord. And oh, now there's that. These challenge. It's the tasks that transform us. Serving is indispensable. And Jesus gives three clear reasons to serve and to serve one another as he defines here. Verse 13 He says, you call me teacher, Lord, and basically says, and I am, so just do what I say. You know, I'm the Lord. That's reason one. Serve because he's the Lord, not you. Verses 14 through 16, he says, I've set an example. If I have done it, then you have no excuse not to do it. So now I've given you an example and a servant is not above his master. So you can and should. So no more excuses. And verse 17 This is a good one. If you do this, you'll be blessed. The blessing of the Lord. He's the blesser. He chooses when and how he blesses. And when he says, if you do this, you're blessed. You do that, you're blessed. See, they were looking for blessing in rank, in privilege, in position, being their own. But the Lord said, the blessing comes in being mine, being a servant. This is where you find his blessing. When you love people, and I don't just mean emotional love, like, oh, I love someone. I mean, when you love them by action, when you love them in this way and you serve them, you have the potential of letting God use you to change you and to change them. Damien Kyle, a great, great Calvary Chapel pastor, said, a self-sacrificing Savior can only be seen in a self-sacrificing saint. Now, what you do for someone may not be understood at the time. They may not get it. They may be taking advantage of you. All of this is beyond your pay grade in heaven. You don't worry about that. So what you do for them 
they may not get or appreciate or see, like the disciples didn't. Jesus even told them, you don't get this right now, but you will. Well, trust me, the same thing will come back on them later on. Sometimes they'll rejoice because they got it. Other times, because they didn't get it, they'll look back and go, man, why didn't I change? Why didn't I listen? Why didn't I? But regardless, the Lord will use it. For now, you who are called to serve, you are also being washed. The Lord wants to wash you, to wash your feet, to cleanse you so you can walk properly. But you got to let him. you got to listen. He's taking you through that sanctification process. So let Jesus wash you. Kids, for a long time, I don't know where the transition takes place, but most kids hate baths in the beginning. They hate showers. They hate brushing teeth. It's all, it takes away from playtime. But at some point, I don't know when it takes place. It could be peer pressure. You know, somebody goes, man, you stink. Oh, my goodness. And then they come home right away. Mom, I'm taking a bath. And then forever, they're taking showers. Peer pressure did it. Whatever happened. Something shook them out of it. But they mature. They grow. We need to be honest with each other. And we need to encourage each other to serve the Lord. It's the only place where we get the challenges that we do. We get challenged in anything in life. But there's nothing like picking up your cross, dying to you and your I want, I will, I need, come with me, follow me, Jesus plans, and doing what he wants. Keys to letting Jesus wash you. Humility is foundational. Consider the Lord. Consider others. But don't think too much about yourself, please, for the sake of yourself and others. Let the Lord worry about you. He's got you covered. Cleansing is essential. You need it. You need to be cleansed. We need continual cleansing. Less sin picked up by the dust and the things and the fragrances of this world taint us, get us out of whack, uh, cause attitudes to rise up in us that aren't godly or for the wrong reasons. And they cause a distance between us and the Lord. We need cleansing, that confession to the Lord. Go to Him. And then serving is indispensable. Serve the Lord. Remember, whatever you do, you are servant of the Lord anyway, but also actively engage in serving the Lord. There's a difference. Whatever I do, I'm a servant. That's true. So do it like one. However, you also need to actively go, I'm your servant. What do you want to tell me to do? Not just follow me and I'll do it like a servant. But what do you want to give me as your servant? Let me do that. Serving is indispensable because the way up is down. It's through action and obedience that things become clear, that we learn our identity in Christ. You embrace these things, and the world will see you this way. Religious, weird, over the top, missing out. You're doing that. You treat your husband so well. you're, You're in the church. You're missing out. That's the way the world will see you, and the worldly will see you. But let me tell you how the Father will see you. Faithful, blessed, loved, His. It's a big difference. There's no friend on earth worth impressing that I would want to sacrifice having God see me as faithful, blessed, and loved, and His from His perspective. A friend who would draw you away from serving the Lord or being all in for the Lord is not really a good friend. At least they're not a friend going the right direction. So, guys, I want to be a good friend today and encourage you to do these things. Humility is foundational. Don't make the Lord humble you. Listen. Listen to Him. Cleansing is essential. Take yourself to the Lord often. And serving, get involved. 
serve the Lord? Is there anything you could look at in your life and define it as serving the Lord? Not like, I serve the Lord here. I add the label serving the Lord. Really, it's you doing what you want to do or what you need to do, and you're involving the Lord. No, I mean, I'm doing this because the Lord said. That's all we have time for today on Building on the Solid Rock. Next time, Pastor Troy Neely will teach again in the book of John as he goes verse by verse and chapter by chapter through this gospel book. If this series has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love to hear from our listeners about their experience with this ministry. Let us know if you have any questions about our radio program. In addition to hearing encouraging messages on the radio, it's important to be involved in a local church. If you live in or are visiting the San Antonio area, come visit Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. You'll find service times on our church website. Just follow the link from buildingonthesolidrock.com. If you're unable to be there in person, join us online. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in again for more from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come